0: Turn your Bibles tonight to the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter number 5. We won't read, we won't start out reading here just yet. We will get there, but we have a number of verses that we want to get to tonight, so I'll save those verses for the message. We continue some thoughts tonight, what we begin looking at in an area of last week, in the area of the training of a child and how to raise our children in a godly manner. And again, I ask you tonight, those of you who have already done this, been there and done that in a sense, don't check out on us. These are life principles, and they'll be a help not only to you, but be a help to others as you seek to encourage others. He tells us the older to train up and encourage the younger, both men and women. So these are things that we can help, and as we have grandchildren at home, and and even for our younger families that are raising children currently in their home, these are needful things. I certainly am thankful for those who sought to invest in our lives early on with regards to these matters. There are things that I wish I had learned, learned the hard way. I'll be very honest and say there's a lot of things I haven't learned. So I, I mentioned this last week. I do not come to you tonight as one having gotten it right all the time. I come to you tonight just simply from the Bible. See what the Bible says. And I believe the Bible is right every time. So we look at what the Word of God has to say, and we can all grow. And we're all in that process of learning and growing. So I trust tonight that there be some things as we continue this. these thoughts. And they may go on for a couple of Sunday nights. We'll just see about all this. But certainly tonight and Already thinking towards next Sunday. But last week it started out of Ephesians chapter 5, dealing with God's plan and structure for the home. God's plan and structure for the home and how the home is to function. Um, We have to understand as we begin this, as we think about child training, we have to understand that if our home is not right, then the raising of our children won't be right either. Um, there's a foundation. There's a foundation that must be laid for the function to be right. Uh, and so, again, if the home is not right, then the training of the children will not be as where it needs to be. The home is not functioning according to God's design. And God has a design for the home. If the home is not functioning according to God's design, then the raising of our children according to God's design will be in nearly impossible. Nearly impossible. Nearly impossible. Uh, We hear a lot about single parent homes and my heart goes out to those who uh, this would identify single parent families, single parent homes. Raising children this way is hard, Uh, it's very difficult, it's difficult, hard on the parent as well as the child, a single parent family and these are the kinds of things certainly you hate to see and you do not desire to see but the fact is it's all around us. A single parent family. Uh, but I think that trying to raise children in a non-functioning home is even sometimes harder. Seeking to raise children in a non-functioning home. A home where the function is dysfunction. You know that seems to identify and it seems to be the, the, the common denominator far too often in the country in the day in which we live this function well wow, i just I just it just blows my mind and and i hear of stories and people relate to me things and people will talk to me about certain matters that i hear and i'm thinking how did you get there how did this happen where how does this even happen and it seems to be so complicated let me just simply say sin wrecks a home sin will make a wreck of everything and sometimes when you look at it after it's made that enormous wreck you're like well, where do I put, begin putting all, trying to put all these pieces of the puzzle back together again? But God can. God can do that. But I look at homes and it, this dysfunctional aspect of the home. A home that may have both parents in it, but one or neither parent will be the parent of the child. This is a dysfunctional home. You can have both of them there. but One or both of them chooses not to parent. In that home. And that's dysfunctional. Or I have a home where. That's constantly bickering. Between the parents. Constant bickering. Between the parents and the children. There's this constant. uh, Fighting if you will. It's a dysfunctional home. A home where. One parent is overbearing. While the other parent. May be passive or complacent. With spiritual matters or matters of discipline in the home or whatever. This is dysfunctional. It will not be the case. Not what God's planned. A home where God-given roles are reversed. And sad to say, uh, this happens far too often as well. Where the God-given roles become reversed. A place where dad should be in charge, but mom will not submit and let him be in charge. Dysfunctional. Dad should be in charge, but mom, in an overbearing way, will not allow it. Or a place where dad will not be in charge, and mom has to be. Both are dysfunctional. Both are wrong. Both are not biblical. Where there there is no structure in the home, there is no real function in that home. And therefore, the raising of our children greatly suffers because there's no function. There must have that foundation, that foundation of function and structure that God gives us. Um, where there's that no foundation, the children suffer um, Or what is done is done in an unbiblical manner. If there's any child training at all, it's done in a biblical way. And often in a harsh manner and oftentimes leaves scars along the way. We mentioned that last week. And sometimes the scars, you go through life trying to fix things and try to mend things. And try to just nurse open wounds along. More harm is done. When the child training that gets done often brings forth results that are unwanted. It's true that broken homes are hard, but I believe dysfunctional homes can even be harder when we think about this matter of training our children. So what is the right biblical structure? We talked about it last week, and we'll just make mention of it again as we lay a foundation for tonight in the next, again, few weeks because it really has to start here. It has to start here. How do I raise my child? Well, the question has to come back is to how is the home? What's it look like in the home? Mom and daddy and so on. We lay this, find this structure in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. Verses 20 and 21. Here's where it starts. The right structure in the home. Giving thanks always for all things and to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves... One to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. God must be first. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Putting God at the top. He's the headship. So it must be God first. The idea here and what we're seeing here is that the authority or headship structure within the home. A husband and wife must know that God is over them and that God is their head. That has to be the starting place. That God is over them. And God is their head. And they must be willing to submit to what God says about headship in the home. Not only in the home, but in every area of life. Must be willing to submit. It's one thing to know that God's in charge. Another thing to be submissive to God being in charge. Verse number 23. So we see that God is at the, the top and is at the head. He's the headship. In verse number 23, uh, the very first part, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife. The husband is the head of the wife. Verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Verse number 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, let so the wives be uh, to their own husbands in every, excuse me, let me start all over. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So we have God first, we have the husband, and then we have the wife. As we noted last week, this order that we see here has nothing to do with value. It has nothing to do with value with regards to uh, the husband and the wife, one being better than the other, one more important, or one more valuable than the other. This does not set the man... Please understand, does not set the man as being better than the woman. That's the cry and the, the thought of feminism out there today, which is not of God, it's, it's anti-Bible, yet so many have bought into that. So it does not set the man to be better than the woman. This has nothing to do with the value in the relationships, but it has everything to do with the structure that's in the home. Nothing to do with the value of the relationships, but it has everything to do with the structure that's in the home. And when the structure is out of order, the function will be out of order as well. So we have to start there. It's a a biblical foundation that we have to lay. We also noted last week that the headship is controlled or kept in check by love. Rule without love is tyranny. So the headship, as we consider the headship, is to be controlled and kept in check by love. Verses 25 through 29. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that is, that, it should, uh, that it should be holy and without blemish. So all men to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. So we see this, this thing that keeps headship in check is this matter of love. Likewise, in the same manner, submission is controlled and kept in check by love. Submission is controlled and kept in check by love. We look back at verse number 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. We would submit to the Lord. We obey the Lord because we love the Lord. Because he first loved us. Therefore we love him. So we submit in that matter. So it's controlled and kept in check with regards to love. Love is the controlling factor. Love is the key. It's the love of Christ that dwells within us. Love keeps headship in check in the husband. Love makes submission a desire in the wife. Did you get that? Makes it a desire in the wife and it keeps it in check in the husband. Without that love, it runs amuck. That's why we have divorce. That's why we have so much rampant, dysfunctional homes and families in our country. So, the structure starts with God. And in the structure... Of the home and in the family, God delegates authority to the husband. God delegates authority to the husband. And the husband delegates authority to the wife. There we see it. Again, not value, but structure, function in the home. So then when you bring children into the home, so now mommy and daddy are parents... Mom and daddy, parents together, both together having authority over the children. Chapter 6 in verse number 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, thou mayest live long on the earth. He says, honor your parents. So we go from the husband wife now to parents lord is bringing this together that delegation of authority once again even the parenting aspect is controlled and carried out it must be in love verse number four and you fathers provoke not your own your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the lord provoke them not to wrath there's this matter of control in love So even that is an aspect that we see in the parent-child relationship. Once again, that's there. Love rules, love controls. Rule in the bonds of love. That's what really the scriptures are telling us. And it's never out of balance. When we do it this way, it never gets out of balance. Children need to be taught God's structure for the home. As a child, it begins to grow, and i 'm speaking here of little ones at the youngest of age. Children need to be taught it needs to be reiterated to them. they need to be hear it from the very beginning. They need to be understanding and taught that god 's structure in the home. Parents, you need to explain this truth to them. keep going over and over it over and over it. Help them understand this is god 's plan this is god 's structure, and even when they get older. Take them back to it. Take them back to it. Why is mommy daddy doing what mommy and daddy are doing? Because this is God's plan. This is God's structure. Too many people, it's sad to say, see everything but God's plan. Know everything but God's plan for the home. You cannot see, can you not see, rather, how the devil, when we think about God's plan and structure for the home, can't you see how the devil is attacking this structure, attacking this function with homosexuality? You bring homosexuality, you try to bring this into this God's plan, uh, then it it just destroys it. You try to bring in uh, same-sex marriage, it destroys it. You try to bring in this matter of transgenderism today. By the way, that word, it really doesn't even exist because it's not Bible, it's not biological, it does not exist. So the term itself is a misnomer. When you try to bring these things, and in our culture and our nation is trying to bring these things into this idea of a family to break the family down. It's the devil literally attacking the family. And so many people have fallen prey to this kind of thing. As we think about this matter of child rearing, Dad, your authority in the home is an extension of God. And dads, I want us to understand tonight that God's given us that extension is from God to us. We're to be that, I used the term last week, vice regent in the home. We're to be that one that acts not God, because we are not God. Again, the controlling mechanism is love. But we are to be that, that vice regent in the home as though God was there because God's given us that authority. And with that authority comes responsibility. It comes responsibility, and this is where I feel that so oftentimes we as Dad, we drop the ball. We want the authority, but we do not want to take the responsibility. So what do we do? We've delegated to Mom, let her handle it. Mom becomes the disciplinarian. Dad's just somewhere out else doing his own thing. So when the children come to daddy, 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 can I, can I? We always go back to what did mommy say, which is a good thing. But we push it back that way. And our, we're, we're kind of hands off on this thing. And so dads, with that authority comes the responsibility. I really believe that one day we're going to give an account, men, to how we raised our children. And we will give that account even before our wives do, before mommies do. I really believe that because God first has given it that authority, delegated that authority to us. And then in extension, by way of extension. Now, the the father, the husband delegates the authority to mom. And these things, they come together as parents. And now God has given us that authority over the children. Children need to be taught that disobedience to mommy... It's the same as disobedience to daddy. And this is where consistency. You may not always agree on every topic and on every subject. But in the eyes and minds of that child. They better know that you're going to agree every time. If daddy says it it's as good as mommy says it. If mommy says it it's as good as daddy says it. So you can't get one answer out of daddy. And one answer out of mommy. Or vice versa. And so that takes work. It takes an effort that's involved here. But we need to understand, if the child has disobeyed mommy, he's also disobeyed daddy. And it goes both ways. But in disobeying mommy and daddy, they also need to understand that there's also a disobedience to God. So we, 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 we carry that structure forward and backward. We teach the children as we look up and we understand it comes to us coming down from God But we teach them understanding that they are really obeying God when they're obeying mommy and daddy. (laughs) Obey your parents in the Lord, the Bible says. In the Lord. This is why we're we're obeying God by obeying our parents. So back-talking mommy and daddy is back-talking God. Discrediting, disagreeing anything that we do. With mommy and daddy it means that I'm disagreeing with God and discrediting God and discarding and putting aside anything His command. If I if I say no to mommy and daddy's commands, I'm saying no to, mom, to God's commands. Now we understand the biblical concepts. This 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 is holds true. Again, we go back to the key that controls it. Is this matter of love? When it's controlled in love, the structure controlled in love, then wrong will not be commanded of the children. When it's done God's way. This keeps it again in control and check. Anything outside of the Word of God, the commandments outside, rather obey God than man. But in the family structure, when it's done rightly, that will not take place because of this this controlling mechanism of love, God's love. So, with the headship and authority as parents comes also that mention, that responsibility to discipline our children. That means. That we even spank when it's needed. And we spank when it's needed. Today many would think it's better. And have heard it. Many believe. And if you read the psychologists of the day. The modern psychology books. And it's been around for a long time. But they believe the idea of befriending your parent is as a parent. Befriending your children is better than spanking your children. We hear that often. The problem with that idea is that. It's this, that the kids have trained the parents that friendship has to be on their own terms. So you have to be friends with your kids. And so the children have convinced the mom and dad that friendship is based on their terms. You don't discipline me, you don't tell me no and I'll be your friend. But the moment you try and discipline me, the moment you seek to tell me no, then I'm no longer your friend. You see that... The child has now set the terms. And in this the child has laid the terms. And mom and dad now obey the, those terms. And in re- regards to that they stop training the child. So the idea is let's just be buds. And nothing wrong with being buds. Amen to that. I, I think that's, that's a needful thing. But not in this way. This is not the way to accomplish that. The way to accomplish is, is Biblical. In a biblical fashion. So that's what we seek to do. In the home it must be understood and taught. That as for me and my house. We will all obey the Lord. We're all going to obey God. We're going to obey the structure that God sets forth. Parents you must set the tone. For godly obedience in your home. You have to set the tone for godly obedience in your home. And we'll talk about that. We'll look in Proverbs next week. And we'll talk a little bit more about the setting the tone tone for obedience. That means, is setting the tone for obedience. It literally means that, guess what, mom and dad, we have to be obedient. Guess what, grandma and grandpa, we have to be obedient. If we're going to set the tone for obedience in the home, do you know that children are quite perceptive? Have you learned that they know how to manipulate very early on? Do you also understand that children see and know a hypocrite when they see them? They hear us say one thing and see us do another. Don't be a hypocrite parent. Don't be that. The best way for you to train your children is to walk in obedience to the Lord. So that they see it. So that they know it. Ephesians 5. Verses 14 through 21. Ephesians 5 verse 14 through 21. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So this matter of submission ourselves as parents to the Lord. Redeem the time, he says. What time do we redeem? Redeem the time while we're raising our kids. Redeem all the time. But particularly this time. The way in which we do this is... Learning, literally literally learning, I, I think of that word learning, but maybe it's better of simply said, just simply doing and living in obedience to the Word of God. Walk in the filling of the Spirit. What does that mean? It simply means taking the Bible at face value and living it daily for the Lord. And I'm convinced that Daddies can't be daddies, mommies can't be mommies, husbands can't be husbands, and wives can't be wives the way God's planned until we get this one right here. It all boils back to the filling of the Holy Spirit. The walking in obedience to the Word of God. When we begin to walk in the obedience to the Word of God, guess what produces? The fruit of obedience begins to be manifested in our lives. God gives us children for us to train. And we all know this, but He'll also... Use those children to continue to train us. We never get through being trained. God's always working on me. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, Sun, the Earth, and Jupiter and Mars. But he's still working on every one of us. None of us have arrived. None of us have been there and done that and got the T shirt and the badge. One that won it. We're all still growing. Growing in grace, continually working to that end. And God uses these children so that he may literally show us who we are. That he may deal in our lives. There's a training of ourselves involved in the training of our children. Never lose sight of that. Go and read the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We see this matter of... Discipline or chastisement. I think you could call these passages Hebrews 12 verses 5 through 11. A biblical theology of discipline. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 5 through 11. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son despise not the chastening of the Lord. Nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? For if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, note that, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, We have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and have given them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he, speaking of God, for our profit. Their own pleasure, but he for our profit. That we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. The Bible used, the word the Holy Spirit used these passages to deal in my heart when I was 32 years of age and grew up in a preacher's home and been to church my entire life, but Never truly been born again. And God used these pas- this passage right here. He begins talking about this chastisement. Whom all go through. Verse number 8. If ye, if ye be without chastisement. wherever you all are partakers. Then you are bastards not sons. Illegitimate. And God used this passage to help me understand. That at 32 years of age. Although I'd grown up in church my entire life. I'd never been saved. Because I could live in my sin. I could just go on doing anything I wanted to do. I lived for this or that. But I never saw God's chastisement in my life. I never saw God put up those roadblocks. I never saw God say stop. I just lived the way I've always lived. And God took this passage and along with Matthew. And it says many will say unto me Lord, Lord. In that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things? He'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And God used these couple of passages to speak to my heart. Because God says that he will chastise those who are his children. He deals with them. He brings them back. This is the way God works in our hearts. These verses give us God's goals and discipline. Look what they are in verse number 10. That we might be partakers of holiness. That we might be partakers of His holiness. What's the goal of discipline? So that we might be partakers of His holiness. So that we might walk in a way. God desires that we live in such a way that we honor him and we grow living in him in his direction living in the will of God he says so we he chastises us so that we might be partakers of holiness verse number 11 in this doing the yielding of the peaceable fruit of righteousness so this chastisement is to bring forth holiness and out of that holiness is the yielding of that fruit of righteousness philippians 1 being filled with the fruits of of righteousness. And that's what God wants for his children. That we might be filled with the fruits of his righteousness. Our tasks as parents. To raise children ought to be the same tasks. It ought to be the same mindsets. Nothing wrong with raising our children. And, so that they might have and do. And yes we do all those things. That's Yes we do that. Uh, don't put that at the side. But if we leave off these matters, if we leave off these things and we've dropped the ball, we've not done our job. Parents, you have to, you have a clear and I have a clear mandate from God to discipline our children in the same way and for the same purposes that God disciplines us. We have a mandate. You have a biblical mandate that must be obeyed. Let's look at some scriptures. Let's look at some scriptures. Look with me at... First Thessalonians chapter 2. two, First Thessalonians chapter two verses ten through eleven. Again, laying a foundation for the maybe even next Sunday as we look ahead. First Thessalonians chapter two, verses ten through twelve. First Thessalonians two ten through twelve. You are our witnesses, and God also, how holy and justly and unblameably. We behave ourselves among you that believe. Notice the word behave. Ourselves among you. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. What does a father exhort his children to do? That you walk worthy of God who hath called you into his holy kingdom and glory. What is he exhorted to, do? To, to that we might behave unblameably and behave ourselves in a right manner, in a godly manner before others? That would be a practical thing. And that can work itself out in many practical ways. We already looked at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. We noted that. We've already looked at Ephesians chapter number 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord consider those passages now go with me to the old Testament, the Book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs, we're laying a foundation for disciplining our children. Proverbs thirteen, verse number twenty four. Proverbs thirteen, verse number twenty four. He that spareth his rod hateth his son. But he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Not just once, but he's consistent. This is an idea of love. To let them go is an idea of unloving. Go with me to Proverbs 19, verse number 18. Proverbs 19 and verse number 18. Chasten thy son while there is hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. That's a, you could just think about that one for a little while. Sometimes, uh, sometimes little ones, you just look at them and they get daddy's eyes or mommy's eyes and they just break down and start crying right there. Sometimes you have to go a little further. Sometimes they may, you may think they're going to die on the spot, but he says, "Don't let that be the reason that you don't do what God's called you to do." Proverbs twenty and verse thirty. Proverbs twenty and verse number thirty. My daddy used to tell me, he would spank me, and I do believe that the right kind of spanking. There's a right way to spank. It's not a wild way. It's not a uncontrolled manner there's a right manner to spank. My daddy used to spank me and and he would say, Okay, now we're done. Now it's time to dry up. He'd say dry up. Dry up or I'll give you something to cry about. So I dried up. He got my attention. Proverbs twenty and verse number thirty. The blueness of a wound cleanseth away evil. So do stripes the inward parts of the belly. Cleanses away evil. Go on a little further. Proverbs 23. Verses 12 through 14. Proverbs 23. Applying thine heart to instruction. And in thy ears to the words of knowledge. So we're going to apply our heart to instruction, and our ears to the words of knowledge. How do we do this? Withhold not correction from thy child. For if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Wow, strong language there, is it not? You see the importance deliver? The idea of deliverance here? And don't get caught off guard by the wording beating with a rod and these kinds of things there's a again a right way to spank so i just don't understand i just don't want to get caught off by these things and god, god nowhere in god's bible do we find any uh, any idea or thought where child abuse is okay never never and that's not what we're talking about here at all again i go back to the key what was the key what did we say the key was in all of this love Love, love. Proverbs 29, verses 15 and 17. Proverbs 29, verses 15 and 17. The rod and reproof giveth wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increaseth that the righteous shall see their fall. Correct thy son and he shall give thee rest. Yea he shall give delight unto thy soul. The opposite of that is correct not your son you'll not have rest. Correct not your son and your mother will be shamed. His mother will be shamed. Proverbs 22 go back with me. I left this one intentionally. Proverbs 22 and verse number 15. Proverbs 22 and verse number 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. What is foolishness? Well, I think we can look at it many ways. The Bible talks a lot, Proverbs talks a lot about foolishness. But I think the foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. First of all, it's the foolishness of sin. The foolishness of sin is bound up in the heart of the child. That's the sin nature that we're all born with. We're all born sinners by birth, sinners by choice. That foolishness is is sin. Sinful things. Littlest the child understands how to get what he wants and how to take what he wants or she wants. So there's the foolishness of sin. There's also this other area of foolishness. It's the foolishness of not seeing. The foolishness of seeing, that's the sin nature. The foolishness of not seeing, this is not seeing the things that will hurt him. A child, a little child does not understand that that stove, what does it mean when you say that stove is hot? Do not touch it. The foolishness of not seeing. They don't understand that they cannot, the reason why you would not throw your ball into the road and play in the highway. They do not understand those things. They don't understand why you would need to say hold my hand. We're walking across the street. We're going to be in public. Make sure you hold my hand. Do not let go. I I don't like seeing those child collars. Forgive me. I just don't like it. I'd rather see a child trained and taught. Hold mom and daddy's hand. Don't let go. They don't understand those things. Children don't know the consequences of things. So that foolishness is there, is bound up in there. They don't see it. They don't understand it. And then there's the foolishness of not seeking, not seeking God. All of us, this is true with all of us. We grow up and seek to go our own way. A foolishness of not seeking God. Teach obedience to God. This is the thing that they're dealing with. The foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. Foolishness of sin, foolishness of not seeing, not understanding, foolishness of not seeking the Lord, but simply going our own way, desiring to do our own thing. Parents are to be the external control. And I I mentioned this last week. I just think it's so good, it's worth repeating. Parents are to be the external control in the life of a child while they lack their own self inner control. The external control, while they lack the internal control. And by the way, they are developing that internal control. And as parents, you must guide that development of the internal control to seek and to obey God. You are to be the guide. As they're growing and as they're learning, you're to be that one that guides them to, to, is in that internal control. Why are we doing what we're doing? Because this is God's structure. This is God's plan. And you are guiding them to seek and to obey God. And the way in which they obey God is they obey mommy and daddy. When it's left without the guidance and control, it will bring the mother to shame. That's what the Bible says. You are in effect controlling outwardly while you are training inwardly. That's the heart. You're training the heart. While you're working on the heart. Out of the heart flow the issues of life. That's the place where we train. That's why it's important. That's why it's a must that it be trained. The key to parenting... Is to get God into the hearts of your children. And it's our responsibility as parents to do that. Your responsibility. My responsibility. Next week we're going to take Proverbs. And we're going to look at them a little bit deeper. And understand this matter of spanking. The idea of child training. This foolishness. Why did God... Bring this about. What does it all mean and how do we do it? Maybe some practical things. But again, just again, laying this foundation. Because it has to start with us, mommy and daddy. It has to start here. Young couples, boy, you have to start here. If there's no children in the home, we'll work on this one. So that when God brings those children into your home, the structure is right. The function will be right there. And those who who have children in the home now... Can I just encourage you to keep on? Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Again, you're training them. Train that heart. And as you get through these, they use the word terrible twos. What's the threes? I don't know. What's the fours? Andrew, you're living in some of that. Just be consistent. Train up a child in ways he should go. and he's old, he'll not depart from it. You are preparing them you are re- literally raising adults you're just preparing them now to be where you want god them to, where you want them to be you guide them where god wants them to be so don't get discouraged just keep on being faithful keep on trusting god let's bow our hearts father we thank you tonight again for the truth of your word lord these are some things that are right in our home and i pray that our homes would be in the right place i pray that we as moms and dads would Find our place, and Lord, know your place for us, that we might be submissive in those areas. Lord, looking to you as our head, I pray that you would help us, give us wisdom. Lord, protect us from the wiles of the devil. Lord, protect our children from the wiles of the devil. And I pray that out of this group of young ones that you have so graciously brought into our midst, May in the days to come, may there be a burden placed, a desire, a, a hungering, a yearning to live for you, to serve you. Lord, to go into the world and preach the gospel. Call missionaries, we pray. Call pastors, we pray, out of this group. Call godly businessmen, we pray. Call faithful, godly mamas and daddies out of this group. To raise the next generation so that this continues to go forward until you come and get us. So Lord, encourage the hearts of parents. Thank you for so many grandmas and grandpas. Thank you for so many that have loved us and Lord, have shown us the way. Now we commit it to you. Lord, you do all things well that help us to follow your pattern. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.